Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and this is a mailbag edition of the show. Following Wakanda Forever, what an incredible movie, and we talked about that last week. If you haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. It's a it's a really, really, really great one, I think. Uh, shout out to Tyler, a.k.a. Dragonfly Jones, and Bethany Anderson for joining us last week. Also... Hey, if you're feeling frisky and you want to join any further, hit us up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod, where you can get our bonus content, including the Discord, including the Fast and the Furious episode that we did earlier in the month. And also, after this show, we are recording a subscriber mailbag for our patrons who ask incredible questions. Yep. So it's a... We get down and dirty on that mailbag. Yeah, yeah. we We get a little extra... In, in that mailbag and that voice you hear is the producer of this podcast, Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain. Um, it's holiday time. We're almost here. We got a got another MCU thing, the last thing of the year coming up and on Friday. So it should be fun to talk about that next week. But we are here for mailbag questions. So let's ask away. The first question is from Khalil Ward at Sticks323, loyal listener of the show. Appreciate you, sir. Is there any way to set up a watch along on Twitch so we can see my reactions to these Fast and Furious movies? Now, I will say this. When we get to the... When we get to the movies when The Rock starts uh, showing up, mm-hmm. I think we I think we can do something like that. We'll see. I will say, uh, yeah, I think that that's a good question. But I also feel like you're a pro at this. You 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 express yourself well enough. Uh, and I think it would just be a lot of like the the the, the true mark of a good joke on this podcast is when you get like a AC knee slap. And I feel like there'd just be a lot of knee slapping from like, especially when when you watch Too Fast Too Furious, a lot of the lines that Paul Walker says get you a good like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I think I may use part of the Thanksgiving weekend since I'll be home to mm-hmm. watch one of these movies since it'll be almost time to do another one of them soon. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, Too Fast, Too Furious might be on deck. But, Khalil, it, it is officially will be considered. I think it's not, yes. it's not a bad idea. We'll discuss idea. it. It's we not a bad it. idea. If anything, we should do some more watch-along stuff, even if it's not for Fast and Furious. So watch this space. Uh, and judging by the amount of times it normally takes us to do one of these things, expect something in six months. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks for your question, Khalil. We get a question from Brittany at Georgia BC. Shout out to Brittany. What is your wildest theory about what we might see in phase five to six? It could be plot, character, whatever. What say you, Jake? I'm going to go back to a thing I predicted for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I think that either in Secret Wars or probably in like Deadpool 3, I think there will be an extended appearance by an actor who is in the MCU playing themselves against their MCU character. I suspect that I could actually, specifically with Deadpool 3, my prediction is there will be a long sequence where either Ryan Reynolds or Hugh Jackman as themselves will interact with Deadpool and Wolverine. Oh. Uh, 
I think that's just my gut feeling because it's something that once you bring the multiverse on the table, that's where my mind immediately goes. And I know I'm not the only one because other multiverse sci-fi things have done that. And so that might not be that wild since it's not the most completely unprecedented thing, but I'm calling my shot. They haven't really done any production on the movie. I'm going to stick my flag in this. I think that there's going to be some element where either Hugh Jackman or Ryan Reynolds, or even in Secret Wars, you might get an act, but I'm Deadpool 3 is the obvious place to do it. I'd love to see it personally. I think that would be so much fun in so many ways and i think it just fits with the whole aesthetic of what deadpool is and then you add the multiverse on top of that the rumors are that we're gonna get mr mobius in this so if that's so then i feel like that that all tracks and did you hear the rumor that they're going to channing tatum to maybe play gambit for a bit listen they gotta (laughs) do it they have to do it i feel i feel like if you're gonna go that far figure out a way to get that done i would love to see it now for myself so after I heard the rumor over the weekend that the Thunderbolts movie is casting for a evil Superman like character. Uh, It'll either be somebody from the squadron Supreme like Hyperion, or it'll be Sentry, a very, very strong, difficult character to deal with. Just to put it into perspective for comic book heads in world war Hulk, The Avengers couldn't stop Hulk. Doctor Strange couldn't stop Hulk. Ghost Rider said, you know what? All right, I get it. You're right. I'm going to leave. No one could stop Hulk. But Sentry did. Sentry did. Sentry got Bruce Banner locked up. I love the way that you phrased that synopsis because you you ordered it in such a way that the audience would be holding their breath like well obviously ghost rider could stop him <laughs> when he said ghost rider i'm like of course ghost rider doesn't have shit for the whole nah but ghost rider actually like in the panels of the page uh of that book ghost rider was giving it to him and then he all right he, i stand corrected i stand corrected he realized that oh these people were wrong for what they did to you all right i'm gonna back up you're not wrong here but so Sentry is like really, really strong. And if he's going to be something in something like Thunderbolts, which it seems like Marvel is kind of billing like its own version of the Suicide Squad, I would guess that we would get a significant death from one of those characters because if you're going to go up against a character that powerful and you're just a bunch of super soldiers, I mean, at some point, yes, I realize it's a comic book movie, but at the same time, there's got to be a little bit of believability, and I think there would be something along those lines of getting a, a death from maybe Barry. Maybe, maybe Sebastian Stan might not want to do this much too much longer. He mm-hmm. might want to do stuff like uh, Fresh yeah. on Hulu, uh, where he's uh, where he's a cannibal. Uh, he's, he's out here eating people. Maybe mm-hmm. he wants to do more movies like that. You never know, but I feel like yeah, that was that's one theory I have mm-hmm. there, and. Along staying along with the Thunderbolt stuff, I think they are definitely setting up Dark Reign, which was when uh, Norman Osborn had his own set of Avengers in the books, and and this is after Secret Invasion. I think we were we're leading with the government, the stuff that happened in Wakanda Forever, with Val now the director of the CIA, everything that's happening there. Harrison Ford is cast as as a uh, Ross now mm-hmm. and he's going to be a Hulk going to be in a huge position of power mm-hmm. all of these things with what seems to be the the growing distrust of heroes stuff from Miss Marvel 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just generally with that, with the Department of the, was it domestic security or whatever? Damage they control. Damage control. I always get that wrong. It's um, fake. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um, but, but yeah. So like, I think all of those things feel like it's leading to the government having a problem with heroes. Can I ask a question? Though? What's the wild part? All, I feel like all this stuff is like, come on, this is all feels like stuff that is kind of being set up. Clearly, what's your off the, you know, off the board theory? No, well, I guess my off the board theory about it is, if if it's not going to be Norman Osborn kind of like leading a leading a group, mm-hmm. I think we might get a, a a more even more powerful benefactor, like somebody like what does we have not seen Doctor Doom yet? Yeah. There we go. This is the AC I'm looking for. Come on. I, I'm trying. You know what it is? Like I'm so used to, um, in terms of theories, kind of trying to curtail it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I. But if you want to like really think outside the box, you could do Doctor Doom. You mm-hmm. can do with Fisk running for mayor. Who's funding that behind him, and what mm-hmm. does that mean for the government going forward and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Like anybody that you name, we still got Sharon Carter like hanging out out there doing power broker shit. So like, where does where does she land in this? Mm-hmm. So I think there's there's a lot of government set up there, and eventually it could lead to something along those lines. That that's kind of like what I would like to see. And I do have one last one last theory. Mm-hmm. And once the once the X Men come in. Mm-hmm. That is when we will see the significance of what all of these government things are. Mm-hmm. And that's when it will be and they will play heavy on yeah. the hatred of mutants and stuff like that. And uh yeah, I look forward to seeing how they decide to do that because um the the allegory for the X-Men is usually race. Yeah. So like what is what is uh what does Disney have to say about that? What are those conversations mm-hmm. going to be like in in actuality? So a thing I just thought of, and this is yeah. not a joke. I'm yeah. very curious how if they're having, you know, Ross come be played by Harrison Ford, and there's whispers that he'll be like the president in some capacity. Yes, I'm honestly curious how much they lean into. The, mo- the current political moment like how much do they make him if he is obviously absorbed enough of power that he becomes a hulk how much do they make him a trump-like figure this that and the other oh uh, they should absolutely lean into it i think i think that they absolutely should and to be frank i think they will i think especially if they're you know because i we there's a lot to criticize uh the mouse about when it comes to its politics but yeah. it has a pretty you know generally speaking it's calling Donald Trump bad or like making characters that are like Donald Trump bad is a pretty common, like everyone does it. So it's not really that crazy of a thing. No, absolutely. And yeah, the, the, if it's president Ross, Oh boy, I, this is where, as far as like my trepidation of Harrison Ford and the role, I think some of the scenes that he could potentially do with, with Anthony Mackie and a couple of other heroes, depending on where this goes, uh, could be just really like electric on screen so uh, i look forward to seeing uh president ross or whatever form of ross we get in captain america new world world order and thunderbolts because he's supposed to be in that too but great question appreciate it Brittany. the next is from we just got actually got this a few minutes ago uh courtney grippling shout out to you you asked a really good question here 
just now seeing this, so I apologize for it not being very thoughtful. No, it's it this is a very thoughtful re- question. It's actually you should, very thoughtful. You should see some of the questions again on the Discord. Jeez. I mean, I know. What are our thoughts on the Talokan warriors rocking Wakanda shit? And what it means that the asteroid did not only benefit one nation, but two or more. Who I want to hear your answer first because I had a couple. So I think that it is... I will just speak from a narrative point of view because I think that there's obviously a lot of stuff with the idea of Wakanda being like a chosen nation and how that affects you know, black people in the world and feeling like there's a place that is kind of like Eden and it's made up of black people. I don't want to, I want to divorce myself from that. Cause obviously I can't comment on that. Narratively speaking though, I think it is actually very, 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 very interesting to have a nation that's entire identity is based on being the only people who have this power and them realizing that they're not the only people like that is, I think that is just like the natural evolution of that like in movie one, it's interesting that this power exists. And in movie two, you deconstruct it by being like, no, you don't have a monopoly on this. And I think it also kind of, it, it forces the issue of with a lot of the things that were involved in Black Panther with sharing it and what does it mean to have it? Because if Wakanda is the only nation that has it, there's not really a dialogue going on. You don't, you can't compare them, how they act to other people. So I think the, them rocking uh, Wakanda shit was interesting to see. And, you know, I, I don't really have a strong take on that, but I think the idea of it being two nations that have it is, um, is something that I think destabilizes the, the, the characters in Wakanda in an interesting way that like, how does Wakanda, even if, you know, they don't have any more interactions with Namor and, you know, his posse. Uh, I, I realized immediately. His, I thought posse, of his posse is hilarious. Um, well. But uh, that. All right, Phil Jackson. Speaking of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that even if they don't really interact with them directly anymore, so much of what Wakanda believes about itself is undone. And I'm curious to see how that, that manifests itself. I couldn't agree with you more on that front. I think the fact that that was actually. And I probably didn't talk about it enough last week, but that was an incredible scene, the Talokan attacking Wakanda. That was just, it felt, like you felt the stakes of it and you felt the the danger that the Wakandans were legitimately in when Namor was just like, yo, we're coming after you, this is war. And all of that was so much fun to see on the screen and the way that everything went. And then, of course, the the death of Queen Ramonda, which was so unfortunate. And the way that Namor just talks and says, after the fact, it says, I bury your dead. Now take a week and we'll be right back at it next week. I was like, oh, OK. Wow. That's a that's a lot there. So I think they were unprepared for a situation like that, considering the loss of T'Challa. And everything that they have gone through, they they didn't have officially another Black Panther at that time. So there wasn't a warrior that could stand up to somebody that powerful like Namor. So I think for the Wakandans, they were not in a, in a position to be able to defend themselves in the way that they would originally have thought. And I think to Jake's point, as far as the idea of seeing another nation with this type of power... It makes you wonder that, hey, maybe they're not the only other nation with that power. Now, I will posit this theory from Murphy's Multiverse about the possibility of the Savage Land becoming some 
uh, a plot point at some point. If we remember from Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, when both Strange and... Uh, oh, shoot. How can I forget her name already? Who, uh, uh, America, America Chavez. America Chavez. And they're going through they're going through all the multiverses. At some point, you kind of see something that looks like the Savage Land. So I would not be surprised if the MCU has a 616 version of the Savage Land. And I could see... Well, we have a uh, Sauron, another another villain that I would love to see in the future, and perhaps that they have this vibranium thing too. I could see them having it as well. So, I think from that part to answer that portion of the question, yeah, I think that can have ramifications going forward because, as we saw in Wakanda Forever, these governments ain't shit. They, they, they try to say like, oh, you're not sharing resources with us, but hey, we tried to steal them anyway. So it, so that stuff feels like the way that they're talking about everything that's happening with the CIA and everything in the government. It seems like that will be their primary focus uh, going forward beyond the whole uh, heroes versus the government thing that seems to be building as we talked about in the previous question. But yes, as far as Wakanda and the Talokan, that was really interesting. I will say this. I could not, again, enjoy enough Namor telling Shuri about his desires for his nation and everything, his motivations upon that. And it's going to be intriguing going forward what that looks like because it's an alliance, but an uneasy one. It's not a, it's, it's an alliance with somebody has an agenda behind it. So like all of that being considered, I'm very excited to see where that goes. But uh, Courtney, thank you for your question. That was a that was a pretty damn good one. And we will go to Montel. Montel, who asks a bunch of great questions all over the place. Uh-huh. Uh, appreciate you, bro. For We will take your Twitter questions first. Number one, where does Tena Huerta's performance rank among MCU debuts? How about you, Jake? What you got? I would say it's definitely in the top. I would, I would probably say like four or five. I think that um, number one is obviously Robert Downey Jr. I think number two is Tom Holland. So like mm-hmm. maybe three, but maybe not. I don't know. But it's definitely the top five. Yeah, I would say top five. And it was funny because I was thinking about this in like reevaluating phase four the other day. We got some really good like because I feel like I feel like Florence Pugh is like right up there, too. So, yeah in terms of just like intros like showing up and just kind of like stealing it and Tanak I would see I would say he's like right he was right there I think yeah RDJ is number 1 yeah Holland I don't think you can put any lower than 2 yeah I mean yeah, I, mean, I would there's just what people I don't think people forget, but the scene with him in the bedroom in Civil War, this, oh, oh, there was classic. electricity coming off the fucking screen. Classic. Yeah, it's an absolute classic between, I mean, the top two, if you want to make that argument. Yeah, the top two in terms of intros and just terms of uh, the, the point being screen presence. Right. I think the important thing to say rather than actually like nail down an exact ranking is that, that he enters the, the conversation. The upper echelon, like he really... In a movie that had to serve so many other masters, and you could imagine a version of the movie where the where uh, Namor is not a fully interesting character, he was like, no, 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 where this is going to be my moment. Yes, yes, I, I, that part I, I, I definitely agree with. I, I just, man, the way that they can use him 
in this going forward is very fascinating, which leads to Montel's second question. What role do you think the tentative peace between Wakanda and Talakam will have moving moving forward in the MCU? Um, I'll go first on this one because I think it'll it'll have a lot because Namor is going to be watching everything that happens with the U.S. government, and he seems pretty confident that there's going to be a problem, and he's probably right about that. So where he fits in, what he tries to do, what he attempts to do, and the way that he does it is... You can't help but feel compelled to be interested in that because of the way that he talked about everything that he would do to save his nation, which even in a battle with somebody that he could have he could have fought to the death. But no, he took the smarter route. He said, hey, I'm going to stay alive and I'm going to figure out a way to conquer these people at mm-hmm. the same time. So and I would say Wakanda's power structure is in flux. Yes, M'Baku's the king, but what does that actually mean going forward for everybody involved, including uh, the Dora Milaje and Shuri, where she's at right now, um, in, in what personal space is she in? Yes, she's the Black Panther, but clearly she did not want to take on the mantle of, of the throne. So where does that leave her? What? And then you have to also judge, depending on what the the time frame of this stuff is, at some point, um, little little T'Challa will eventually have to have a have a have a say on this. Mm. So where where does that all fit in? All of that stuff is very interesting. Yeah. We've heard of the project that uh, where it will be Val going after Wakanda in some type of way. And yeah, that could get a little sketchy. So we'll see where Namor fits in. But it clearly, that tension is always going to be there. So watching that on screen will be very, very And and I think beyond the actual, like, beyond the specifics with the characters themselves, there's going to be more tension with people wanting Vibranium. And Shuri may present the idea that Namor, like, no, 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 we promise we'll help you out. But Namor's idea of what helping out looks like is not the same as Shuri's. And right. if there is another expedition uh, looking for vibranium under the sea, Namor might be like, hey, we expect you to go to war with the U.S. government. And Wakanda's probably going to say no. And I think that that's what the tension's going to be. Yes, yes. Um, that, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, Montel asked this on the Discord. Answer this in whatever mailbag is appropriate. It's appropriate here. But who is the LeBron tier liar in the MCU? Who you think? Who you got? So Jake? honestly, I, this is going to sound maybe sacrilegious, but I think it's Tony Stark. I think Tony Stark has a lot. He obviously is a playboy, and he you know messes around with women and stuff. Mm-hmm. But also, we know that the place he's happiest is in his garage tinkering. I think that he has claimed some women that he slept with that he hasn't slept with. I think uh... that you know, I mean, I think that he he just is not living. At, because we, it's clearly a facade on some level. Once again, it's not like he doesn't actually do a lot of these things, but it's like he's full of shit and he knows it. He just loves to, and so like he obviously doesn't lie the most. There are other people. I don't know if you'll say, but like some people on the Discord suggested like Loki, but like Loki is not like LeBron. Where LeBron will lie just to make the conversation keep going. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. it's not. Whereas Loki lies to get something. I just feel like Tony Stark. If you were to bring up like a model, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, her uh, Cabo, 19, uh, 2010. Uh, we totally hooked up." You know what I mean? Like that just feels like his energy. 
Yeah, I, 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 that's not a bad choice. I would actually go with Star Lord. Just this, just the right. back and the back and forth with him and Thor in Infinity War and and uh, Endgame two. Just like that, I could totally see to your point, like what you were talking about with continuing a conversation that doesn't need to be continued. Just him trying to like say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I was there too. Yeah, yeah, it was a thing that I did. Oh yeah, you did. Hey, yeah, that space war. Yeah, yeah, we were there back in the day." Just like, just like uh, LeBron and all them last. Yeah, I, I think the thing, just to talk about LeBron briefly. Oh, thing, please, go ahead. I the, could talk about this all day. The thing that kind of annoys me is when people are like, I don't get why he does all these lies. It's like, maybe you guys are just completely secure in yourself and never felt awkward in a conversation. I don't do what LeBron does, but I definitely understand the impulse where if LeBron is a person who I think feels very uncomfortable discussing things when he is not at the center of it. And so if there's a topic being discussed, he needs to find a way to center himself. I don't think it's malicious. I don't even think it's conscious, but it's like, I want to talk about how much this art is meant to me. That is not enough. So I need to say, like, I knew they're going to be famous in 2010. Like, it's just a way that he needs to center himself in the conversation because he doesn't feel comfortable otherwise. Once again, I, it's very clear to me that that's what he's doing, which is why I don't think it's malicious. It's annoying. And he probably should, you know, talk to someone about how to just be comfortable, but clearly he's doing it because he wants to be like fun and interesting. Yeah. I see when I knew it almost jumped the shark was last year when the Lakers played the Knicks. Um, it was a game that went to overtime and the Lakers just happened to win. They came back. The Knicks had a, had a, had a big lead and they lost it. But RJ Barrett had like 36 points, hit the tying three uh, to force the game in overtime. And then after the game, LeBron goes, oh, yeah, I knew he was going to be this. And I was like, yo, no, come on. Like, yo, what are you talking about? Shut the fuck up. Like, the, bit, this the bit he did on Thursday Night Football where he jo- was joking about it. And he's like, I said, I told him that you're going to get interception with the Lambo Leap. <laughs> he just like, yo... No, when he said Kobe's eighty-one point game, no, That's, that one that actually too. was flagrant one. That one was just it, uh, insane that <laughs> he said that. that he <laughs> anyway. Let's move on because this is not. Oh, but... No, we could not. I, I could. I tell you, like I would not mind digressing this for fifteen minutes. But uh, talk uh, about uh, all uh, yeah, nonsense. lie by lie. I mean, it's it's lie sad, by... but the one with Migos is like, dude, you don't need to do this, man. You could have just said you're a fan. Like, you don't need to lie about what... You did not hear them in 2010, LeBron. Come on. The Godfather one, the reading the Muhammad Ali book, with the just having holding the book there. Shout out to Taylor Rooks for asking that question and him just looking dumbfounded as it was asked. The Godfather question, always going to kill me. That one is hilarious. The the dude asking about Liverpool, and then the the dude was an actual player on Liverpool, and he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I happened to see the game, but I don't think it was when you were on the team or something like that." Well, right when he's on like live television, it's just amazing. It's, it's just it's incredible. Just, it's just so clear he is not able. I think because he's been the center of attention his whole life, he is just not capable of saying, I don't know, or I don't have an opinion on that. Like, and, and I, I can, I can see how, if you live his life, you start to not be able to deflect and you have to just make things yeah. about you. Well, that's not saying it's not annoying and bad in some ways, but it is like, it's, it's definitely a, th- a phenomenon that I think psychologists should study. Well, last thing on this, the- the the stuff with two chains and the way that he talks, just the way that he talks about where you could do the one album, 
then you know what? While we give him two, while we give him two discs, like we ain't know about double albums since the '90s, and Tupac and Biggie had double albums. Like, yo, come on, man, what are you talking about? <laughs> yo, come on. All right, enough, enough, LeBron. Oh man, but um, we have we have a couple of other questions. Uh, shout out to Cecilia on the Discord. When would you most like to see Namor show up again with uh, keeping in line with uh, Namor thoughts? Um, next time the U.S. government does something big, like next time there's an ag- a play of aggression, I don't want him to insert himself in places that he... I, I don't want him to insert himself, period, because so much of his character is... He's such a defensive person. And I think that... I don't want them to break his character traits just to put him in something because they're excited about him. I would say whenever Dr. Doom is introduced, I think Dr. Doom kind of like, Hey, Namor. Yeah. Once, once we don't necessarily have to have an alliance. Once Sue Storm is there for him to, you know, chat up. We don't have to necessarily create an alliance per se, but I see that you have this, issue with these these people of wakanda you want to have a little conversation about that that okay we're 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 cooking with the fish grease that that's where i would like to see uh it's appropriate for anymore show yes absolutely (laughs) it absolutely is it absolutely is and uh caleb asks what character do you not want to see brought into the mcu at least for the time being uh i have a very strong answer which is I guess I suppose she can be a character, but I could go another twenty years. I don't need to see Jean Grey become Dark Phoenix anytime soon. I just don't need to see it. Also, because I think a lot of the beats are very similar to what they did with Wanda, I just don't need to see that happen uh, anytime soon. Yeah, I yeah, that's a good one. Um. You know, it's funny. I actually would have said if you were doing the X-Men sooner, then I would have said, eh, you know what? Let's give Wolverine like a break. Like, let's actually like save him for later and introduce the rest of the X-Men, Cyclops and et cetera, et cetera, and kind of do that. And then they find Wolverine later. Um, I'm not in a rush to see him. I'm also not in a rush to see Galactus, yeah. to be honest. I feel like that's something that you do when you're about to end the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's something like you save for when it's all about to be finished. No more, no more of of that type of stuff. Because I think like once you do, once you have this Kang, and then you have the Secret War stuff. Assuming that they decide to do the Battle War, Battle World, and Beyonder stuff. All right, so that's enough cosmic stuff for the time being. And then as we transition to what we have with this government stuff going on in phase five and you bring in the X-Men here, you're already going to be doing a lot of cosmic stuff anyway. So I will say this. Once you start see, once you see Silver Surfer, then Galactus is probably not going to be too far behind. But yeah, that's one where I'm like, eh, yeah, we can we can kind of hold on. We can kind of hold on to that, I would I would say. I would say for for the time being. Um, there was another question that we had here that I realized that. Ah, oh, here we go. With Namor, this is from Brooks Kakashi. Shout out to Brooks. With Namor confirming he's a mutant, what's the next mutant do you think we'll see in the MCU? 
or which one would you like to see next? So, I think that... I actually don't have a good answer on this just because I don't have the big comics knowledge. But I actually think mm-hmm. we will get another one of the Namor, Miss Marvel things where a character that that a character that's not introduced specifically as a mutant is a mutant. Yeah. Um, because I think that there's a while until the actual X-Men will be introduced, and I don't think that they're going to be peppering them in so much. So I think we'll probably get something where either a small character now or a new character will be introduced that's not traditionally mutant in the comics and they say they're mutant but i think they're gonna be doing more of that before we get any like top line mutants yeah i think that is a fair answer i will say in regards to the question i think personally that if you want to go beyond wolverine i would say something if it's in the thunderbolts or Captain America New World Order feels like the type of place that they would put a, a, a mutant type in there, at least for the time being. I'm trying to think of some of the shows that are coming out. I think it's always possible that you can do something with Echo. I think it's always possible that you could do something with any of the space stuff that they decide to do. And if we see the Eternals again at any point, there's there are connections there that you can make towards uh towards being a mutant and a character might show up who might have some abilities along those lines but oh and even blade something like blade will could could potentially have something like that but i would go with those two places thunderbolts and slash or captain america new world order for the time being and yeah i will that's uh that's it for questions uh you guys always bring it appreciate the listeners for asking great Mm -hmm. questions and the next time that jake and i will be on the main feed will be next week as we get into a little kevin bacon Mm -hmm. and the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which uh should be a rollicking time Looking forward to talking about and that. And can I preview, like and I did last time, preview two Patreon questions for the subscriber mailbag. So people... Absolutely, go ahead. So if you join our Patreon for $3 a month, you can hear these questions. There are more than this, but these are the two, I think, ones that will entice you best. First of all, someone asked, I'm not going to say who, because this is behind the wall, so I don't want to put them on blast. Fuck, Mary kill, Thanksgiving foods, sweet potato casserole, mac and cheese, green bean casserole. Great question. And then another important question, which is, um, da, 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 da. this one is just incredible that this was asked. Jake and AC, you are now enemies. You hate each other. You've broken up and are launching competing MCU podcasts and must stop the other's pod. What three patrons do you take on your team? So if you want to hear us answer those questions and more, please sign up to the Patreon. If you just want to hang out on the Discord or listen to our Fast and Furious stuff, sign up for the Patreon. Just, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to answer that one. (laughs) Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I'm looking forward to answering that one too. Um, yeah, the, yeah, if, if, if anything, the discord has been a really fun place to get to know people and, and talk and just have fun about whatever it could be anything. It was a, it was a fun discussion about Thanksgiving food earlier, earlier in the day today and anything MCU. Uh, sometimes I'll drop a, I'll drop a few nuggets and notes mm-hmm. for things that may be happening in the future. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you could check those out too. And the bonus episodes that we do, including, like I said earlier, Fast and the Furious and of course the subscriber mailbag and some other stuff that that uh will will come down the come down the pike but yeah appreciate everybody for listening jake 
obviously they can follow you at at the Jake Christie on Twitter at Jake Christie. I sorry at Jake T Christie on Instagram. Okay, awesome. You can follow me at Anthony Canton underscore three on the Twitter uh, at Poet AC nine five eight six on IG. I, listen, I got to tell you guys personally, as far as the social media thing is concerned, and even I, I know Twitter is a little bit up in the air. We had a we had a little fun fake funeral last week for it. It was pretty funny. Um, I, hashtag watch agenda. I don't know if I could do these other no. sites, man. Like I see Hive and I see no. Mastodon. And I'm, like, I'm going to get on them because frankly, I'm not washed and I need the, this whole field in my life that you obviously can fill with a relationship with your family. Uh, <laughs> but I don't expect anyone to have to Frank. I, the best result would just be that Twitter keeps living. Cause Twitter is the best. Like it just, none of the other sites do do what Twitter does. But anyway, uh, I could talk about that for hours and I won't. Yes, of course. And that is so true. And of course, follow the show at MC university pod and make sure if anything, if you happen to be listening to this show and you say to yourself, Hey, you know what? I like what these guys are doing. Hey, give it, give us a little five star review. A little five star, just hit that thing. A little five star review and say something a little nice. Even if you got something that maybe not so nice, as long as you're not too crude about it. We'll, I mean, we'll, I'm not gonna we'll read it. it. But, I'm not gonna read it. So, but make but make it five stars anyway. So appreciate everybody for listening and thank you for supporting the show. We'll be back next week for Jake Christie. I'm Anthony Canton the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.